This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use and provides general information only and does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs. BT Investment Talk by BT Investment Solutions is a monthly podcast produced exclusively for Australian financial advisors. Our investment experts, together with some of the world's leading fund managers, will provide thought leadership on a wide range of investment topics. Investment Talk is all about looking beyond the numbers, helping advisors cut through the noise, enabling them to have meaningful investment and portfolio construction conversations with their clients. Hello, my name's Eric Vassiliatis, Regional Manager for BT Investment Solutions, and welcome to this, the December episode of BT Invest Talk, and our final one for the calendar year. Today, we're fortunate enough to be um, joined by BTIS Portfolio Manager, and in particular, Core Series SMA Portfolio, Joel Grosvenor. Before I throw to Joel and thank him for joining us today, just quick synopsis of sort of Joel's uh, work history. He, he joined our team in mid-2018 as the portfolio manager sort of within that broader asset allocation team. His key responsibilities include the daily management of our SMAs, uh, our SMA portfolios, I should say, and model portfolios, as well as supporting the the, the, the asset allocation team's research and development efforts across the whole multi-asset sort of portfolio strategy and the capital market assumption process, which we'll get into at some point today. So, Joel, uh, before we get into it, a quick welcome and thank you for joining us for the last podcast of the year. Thanks for having me back, Eric. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's always nice to get a second go at it. It means you've done pretty well in the first one, Joel. So, uh, look, thank you again, Um and look, it, it has uh, it has been a, a bit of a crazy year, and we're really looking forward to to hearing your thoughts uh, as a quick synopsis to our conversation today. Um, you know, look, we're going to try and pick up on some of the themes that you know the markets have have shown us during the course of the last year, and maybe more important than that, I would say is hear yours and the team's sort of thoughts and expectations on on the year ahead. Um, and with a broader context around how that might affect strategic asset allocation or, or the SAA and any potential changes and, and how they affect kind of both the advanced multi and the core series funds. So um, that's kind of going to be the, the main focus for, for today's uh, podcast. So thank you again. Um, I said earlier, it has been an interesting time in markets and, and many commentators have described it as kind of like unprecedented um, we've seen some unique challenges around geopolitics, of course, bonds, rates, equities, whatever asset class you you cho- you pick to cho- you know you, you want to choose these days has been quite challenging uh, for managers. Um, there's still so much to do this calendar year, even though it is it is December. But I just thought I would start by asking you, Joel, in simple terms, what what has been in your mind the biggest challenge for markets or, or fund managers of the last financial year, and importantly, um, you know how how have you managed to sort of navigate through that? Yeah, so it has been a really interesting year, and I'd say even three years, uh, and it's in those periods where you get a lot of volatility and you know very extreme market movements in what can be short periods of time, like twenty twenty or sort of elongated periods like the past year that it's in those periods where you start to, you can potentially be captured by the market noise. So mm. uh, when you're seeing all this negative news, when you're hearing your know, perspectives continue to get worse and worse uh, and market declines sort of follow through, uh, those are the periods where, you know, you have to be careful that your emotions don't take, mm. take hold of you. Mm. 
um, that's when you need to make sure that you can look through that noise uh, and stay consistent with the way in which you're making investment decisions. Mm. So from our perspective, the way in which we navigate that is sort of two, two different aspects. Mm-hmm. The, f- the first would be that uh, it's important to get a diversity of views. Yeah. So if you were to talk to just one investment manager, uh, they're going to paint a really compelling picture of what they think is going to happen over the next, say, 12 months. Yeah. And that's going to align with you know, why and how they're positioning the portfolio in a certain way. And if that's the only view you hear, that can sort of capture your, your thought mm, process. Mm, mm. But one of the values that we can bring as a multi-manager is that we are talking to managers pretty much every day and we're getting different viewpoints from equities, from fixed income, from hedge funds, and also other multi-asset investors. And it's only after that that you start to see there's a very big spectrum of views and they're not all going to be right and they're not all going to be wrong but you need to sort of understand where where the nuances are between the different arguments and where you sit on that spectrum as well. So I think that can help you be a bit more humble when you approach investing as well, because you, you're never going to know the future with, with certainty. The, the second aspect of how you navigate that environment is about um, having strong investment processes and principles, because it's when you're going into those environments that you have to still make these same decisions, but your emotions can be much more heightened. So having those strong processes and principles can act as a guardrail for the way in which you're making decisions. And that might sound really easy, but it can be really challenging to remain consistent through those periods. Yeah. Look, it's, it's an interesting point you make about yeah, one of the, the broader benefits of being a multi-manager is getting that different perspective. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really good point, Joel. Um, now, I, I just thought um, with that being said, um, I want to maybe slightly change the focus from the past and maybe looking, looking at the year ahead. Um, and just before we get into some of those details, can you sort of outline for us the process and maybe the logic the team uses when looking at the year ahead um, and how any assumptions sort of are factored into the way portfolios are structured and positioned? Our process is much more focused on achieving longer-term outcomes using our strategic asset allocation process, and that's something that we review annually that sort of inform the asset exposures across different risk profiles for all the different types of investors that we manage money for. So having said that, one of the key inputs into that process are our internally um, developed capital market assumptions. And this is where we're formulating expected returns across most major asset classes on a five and a 10 year time horizon. Uh, And we update those on a more regular basis to try to understand what's happening within markets and how is that uh, impacting or changing the likelihood that all the different portfolios we manage are going to meet their longer-term objectives. Look, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Um, in in terms of the the, uh, the the next well twelve months, even though we are sort of more focused towards that real longer term. Um, in terms of our capital market assumptions and that impact on strategic asset allocations, can you get us a feel for? sort of asset class movements or or the mindset around some of those asset classes? Yeah, I mean, even though it's a long-term process, there are still things that can happen on a much shorter scale that can change 
longer term outcomes. Yeah. When you get really big um, price movements over a short period of time, that can have a significant impact. So there's probably three key aspects that have changed when we look at the, the capital market assumptions or the CMAs from December to September. Uh, we've seen you know, expected returns across all asset classes increase in nominal terms over the last year. In December, they were pretty low and lower than historical averages. Now they're kind of much closer to historical averages across most asset classes. The second aspect is that the relativities between asset classes, say if you were to bundle the growth assets, equities, listed property, and you look at uh, bonds, cash, credit, the, the average expected return between those two have, has contracted slightly as well. And then our inflation expectation um, has increased as well. So we're expecting that inflation is going to be much higher over the coming decade than it has been in the last decade. Mm, mm. And when you think about all of that combined, um, what it means is that we're not going to be making a huge amount of changes to our SAAs at the moment because whilst nominal returns have improved, the real returns have improved to a much lesser extent and it doesn't quite warrant a lot of change at the moment. Uh, we still think that equities are going to be the primary driver of returns across most risk profiles. And if we go into an environment where inflation sticks around and is much higher than even what we're expecting, uh, equities will likely perform much better as they're able to pass through a lot of the inflationary impacts on the cost of their goods through to prices for consumers. And then in terms of what that means for the portfolio, so over the last year, uh, in the advanced portfolios, some of the changes we've been making to the SAA is to include an allocation to a multi-asset sleeve. And that's being, um, that was spoken about by James Kerr in the October mm. podcast. And he gave mm. a really good overview of Pinebridge and Bridgewater and their processes and how they sort of, uh, how we're expecting that those two strategies combined will actually um, help the portfolios increase their diversification. And then in terms of core series, uh, we have made some ch changes to the manager lineup over the last year. And we also increased our allocation to alternatives at the beginning of the year um, with the aim to diversify the portfolios, particularly the bond risk within the more defensive and where we have a higher allocation to alternatives. Yeah, good, Joel. Yeah, it's good to hear there's a little, a little bit more optimism there, particularly around sort of the re expected return for for some of those asset classes. There is another positive sort of coming in, in our opinion, with respect to our move to Mercer, which we'll talk about in a second. But before I get into sort of that, the strategic impact of, of that potential, of that change, I should say, do you, given it's our last podcast for the year, do you have any sort of final messages for advisors from a sort of portfolio management perspective? Yeah, I think it's going to remain a really challenging environment. And yep. Yep. unfortunately, I wish I had better news, <laughs> but I think for for advisors, client base, it'll be those that are looking to retire or potentially have retired more recently that advisors are going to have to really think about the way in, they, in which they construct their portfolios for their clients. Mm. Um, there's mm. two big issues which I think relate to what I was sort of referring to before. Um, the first is that if we are in an environment where volatility is much higher and it remains that way for an extended period of time, 
that's going to be really difficult for investors that are drawing down capital, such as retirees, uh, because it, it sort of increases the, the sequencing risk that they could mm. be drawing down their capital in a drawdown phase, which can impact on the, the longevity of their portfolios. And then the second aspect is that um, if inflation remains much higher for a long period of time, that's also a really difficult environment for retirees. Mm, mm. If you think about an investor in accumulation, you know, they're still working, their wages should adjust for inflation somewhat, um, and they're able to both buffer that higher inflation from higher wages and also higher investment returns from their, their portfolio. But once you're into retirement, uh, you're really relying just on your savings to keep mm. up with inflation. Mm. So that can mean that investors have to try and earn higher returns mm. to try and offset some of that longevity risk that mm. higher inflation can bring about. But unfortunately, that then leads us to potentially higher volatility as there's a pretty strong relationship between return and volatility. Uh, which kind of goes back to this first issue. So it's going to be a really challenging problem for advisors to face and to have to think really constructively about how they build portfolios for those investors for the coming decade and not just think about what they did in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, good good perspective there, Joel. I, th- I thank you for that. And um, it's, it's, it's comforting to know that amongst all the noise, as you described earlier, as a sort of institutional type fund manager, we've got a bunch of different levers where we can pull to make sure we're, we're trying to uh, protect investors in many ways, whether it's capital market assumptions or the SAA or, or manager changes. There's a lot going on um, behind the scenes to ensure that um, we continue to look after our our advisors and our clients. So, so thank you for providing that context around both this year and kind of what our expectations are for the markets going ahead, looking ahead. Um, I just wanted to change focus. I mentioned earlier Mercer, uh, and it has been fairly well documented that the the, the BTIS team is moving across to Mercer um, with the expected tra- transaction to be completed probably at the end of March at this point with, with us hopefully all moving across on the 1st of April. Um, now, Mercer has been promoting a pretty strong message around being better together. Um, from the investment, manager, the investment management team's perspective, can you give us any insights as to what the, the Mercer change could mean for advisors and ultimately the end clients and how we can hopefully deliver an, an even better outcome for all involved? Yeah, it's still you know, a bit too early to give any definitive, this is what we're doing and this is what it's, yeah. it's going to be great. But I think if we think about just the, the two teams merging, um, I, can, I kind of expect that, you know, we're going to be able to provide advisors and clients with a much broader range of capabilities yeah. uh, with more depth uh, and support. So I'm really looking forward to, to the move. And I think once we're there and we have certainty, it's going to be really constructive for the portfolios uh, in terms of the types of strategies we can implement uh, and just the speed in which we can make changes as well should improve. Yeah, good. Same, same here, Joel. Look, I think that brings us to the end. Uh, let me say on behalf of the, the sales team, I want to thank you and all your predecessors for contributing to our podcast this year. I know a lot of advisors have really appreciated it and got some value out of that. So thank you, uh, particularly for your insights today. It has been well documented now that 2022 has been a challenging year, but we do look forward optimistically to, to 2023 
both from an investment management perspective, but also from a, a broader business perspective, as we just talked about, Mercer there. Um, and thank you to all of our advisors for listening. If you would like any more information on our solutions, please don't hesitate to reach out to your respective state manager or alternatively, of course, uh, head to our website, which is bt.com.au forward slash BTIS. And with that being said, on behalf of the entire team here at BT Investment Solutions, we thank you for your continued support. We wish you, your friends, your family, a very happy and safe festive season and all the best for the new year. We look forward to 2023. Thank you again, Joel. Thank you, Eric.